It is Friday night, and the mood is right. Let's a nice time. Gonna have some fun. Show you how it's done. TGIF. It is Friday night, and the mood is right. Let's a nice time. Gonna have some fun. Show you how it's done. TGIF. It is Friday night, and the mood is right. Let's a nice time. All right, welcome to week 116 of the Two Guys in a Friday's podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. Hello, Steve. How it goes? It goes. Yeah. Um, hey, we're a TGIF <laughs> podcast. Uh, we watch all the How was shows. your holiday? How was your Thanksgiving? Which holiday? Oh, Thanksgiving? Was that last week? Thanksgiving. Um, I don't know. Feels like it. I guess technically there was an episode after Thanksgiving. It was but. good. I mean, had some good food. Family was there. Did you go? down to virginia beach did yeah and newport news we did the the double duty day of of Ish. of desserts or something i don't, I don't do know you get starts of, with d. is there a lot of greek food that you get when you no um yeah. spanakopita uh that's usually that, ca- that counts no i mean sure I, it's definitely greek food. i'm not not a lot of greek food is what i was saying does your family make their own baklava yeah 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 is it is it good you want some one day yeah, I okay. love baklava. Um, I should be able to get you a little tin at Christmas time. That works. I'll take it. Um, Thank you, sir. We, there was a Greek salad, and other than that, I don't think there was any Greek food. Those two things. Sounds delicious. Yeah. I mean, there was lots of other food, but uh, those are the only Greek items, I believe, that I can remember. Makes sense. Um, you What did you do? You did. Uh, you celebrated your Dorito salad day, right? But I think we talked about Dorito that last Dorito salad day, kind of. yep. Yeah, Dorito salad day. I think we talked about it last last episode, but yeah, it went well. Went good. Good to hear. Some shrimp Doritos hidden in there. Shrimp Doritos hidden in there. Very anxiety inducing because they're not delicious. But yeah, that's why they don't sell them in America. A uh, few things. Let's get out of the way. Uh, thanks to the real young kids for the theme song this week. Yeah, thanks for that version. And uh, make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIFCast. You can go to our YouTube channel, subscribe to that, so you get all the alerts yeah. when the uh, new videos come out. Just search Two Guys in the Fridays. And if you need the emails for anything, like uh, you want us on your con, like a few of the cons have already reached out to us for this summer, uh, next summer, I guess, uh, send us an email, TGIFCast at gmail.com. Definitely if you want us for the cons. We like doing that. That's fun. It's fun for us. So we like seeing you all in person. Yeah, it looks like we probably up. got a couple of them already lined up. Maybe three next year already. So uh, we're gonna be. Oh yeah, we're gonna be all over the place. Nothing. A summer of live shows. It's gonna be a tour. Should we make tour shirts? Nope. Nope. I heard someone say that podcast shirts are the worst thing ever the other day, and I was like, all right, I won't make one. What do you mean, podcast shirts are the worst thing ever? Like you just look real dumb if you're wearing a podcast shirt and like uh i don't know they don't sell that person is just grumpy that's not true podcast i mean they might not sell i'll give you that it was someone that hosted a podcast that was saying this i think there's nothing wrong with wearing a podcast shirt i do agree with the fact that they probably don't do you own any fast though just one for us do you don't own any that you listen to though I do not my wife has one for hello for the magic from the magic tavern that's probably kind of cool looking maybe i mean yeah that's fine. That's I own logo. I own one, and it was it, from uh, We Watch Wrestling. No, oh, th- three. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so two from We Watch Wrestling and one, one We Watch three. Wrestling, one Marty and Sarah, and one uh, Hollywood Babylon. Kevin Smith one. Yeah, yeah, those are all cool though. 
It was it was like the Comic Con exclusive. It's like uh, one of them's dressed up as Green Lantern and the other one's dressed. Whatever up. makes you feel better, man. I don't guess how many times I wear them though. None. I don't wear them. They're in the closet. Well, that's because you wear that's wrestling the, shirts. All that's the problem with them. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, before, <laughs> what do we got going on? Before we get guys? into the episodes, this. we always like to go back and look at what was going on in the world thirty years ago. And this week, these episodes would have aired when. These would have aired December 6th, 1991. I was looking back at news for this week, and the one story that popped up that uh, caught my attention was December 3rd, 1991. Hulk Hogan defeats The Undertaker at Tuesday in Texas at the Freeman Coliseum in San Antonio to become the four-time WWF champion. Was that a... Was that a reoccurring event Tuesday in Texas I've never heard of it um, I haven't either I can click on this Tuesday this Tuesday in Texas was a pay-per-view it took one, one, time, one time one time one time one okay. time okay okay um so the the title was then vacated the next day that's kind of the weird thing so you said Hogan beat Taker for it Hogan beat Taker? The Undertaker and the title were back and forth a few times so like okay. Hogan was the champion uh, Hogan won at Wrestlemania that year then lost it to Taker at Survivor Series, then won it back um, less than a week later, it seems like, at this Tuesday in Texas, and then was stripped from uh, the president, Jack Tunney, due to controversy surrounding both the previous title changes. So I need to go back and watch these pay-per-views and figure out exactly what happened. But the title was vacated, held up until the Royal Rumble, where the title was on the line in the Royal Rumble match. What? And Ric Flair threw out Sid Vicious to become the champion. Spoiler alert, that doesn't happen until January of next year, and now we're not going to talk about it then. But how does that work? If So I guess things were different back then, because nowadays if you win the Royal Rumble, you are... It, you, you get you a number one title match, right? A title match, yeah. yeah. But there was no champion, it. so the winner of the Rumble became the champion. So that's it. So then, the, then, yeah. Okay. Which then set up Flair versus Savage at Mania. They should have done two, two Royal Rumbles in one night. What? Two ninety-minute Rumbles. Each winner is. Why not just make it the final two? Mania. The more, because the more the merrier. <laughs> they didn't have that many people. I don't think. Do you get to be in both right. rumbles if you get eliminated? Uh, maybe. All right. So here we go. Movies and music. Uh, no changes for the movie. Adam's family is still number one. Uh, it's the Christina Ricci one, movie. right? Christina Ricci. Yeah, of course. We talked about this last I week. Know. Yes. Uh, um, and new song, uh, Set Adrift on Memory Bliss by PM Dawn. PM Dawn, probably one of the more underrated bands, groups of all time. Great song. Interesting little fact here. So we talked a little bit about this last week that they moved from like uh, like just reporting airplane numbers, like self-reporting to to actually using SoundScan. This was the first week that SoundScan numbers were. Sorry, I'm not used. listening to anything you're saying. There's this squirrel outside my window and I don't know what it's doing. No worries. So this was the first week they actually used SoundScan to determine the number one uh, song. And they say that if they, had, you know, according to SoundScan, it should have actually been the third week at number one. Um, but you know, they got to switch at some point. So this is the first week that it's at number one. Oh, so that's the thing. And then birthdays, big birthday, Jaleel White. Oh, uh, September or September or yeah, December. This I can't get my months right. November 27th. So happy birthday, Jaleel White. This was, that was on Saturday. We'd love to have you on the show. I'll say it a million times and we're going to make it happen eventually. 
Hey, uh, update from last week, too. We asked everyone that was able to sit through the entire two-and-a-half-minute song at the end from Baby Talk to uh-huh. uh, send us a message or whatever. Uh, no one did, so. Well, that's understandable. So no one got through that thing. <laughs> that's understandable. Uh, you want to get into it? Yeah, luckily no Baby Talk this week. Yeah. I, I appreciate the little short one this week. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, Family Matters Season 3, Episode 12. The name of this episode is A Pair of Ladies. I immediately thought we were going to get uh, Carl in a dress again, but it does not seem like that is what happened. Carl and Lieutenant in, in, in drag. Or maybe Urkel. Have we had Urkel in drag yet? We, well, I mean, we've had we've had Myrtle. Uh, Myrtle, and then I feel like there was another situation, maybe, mm, I don't know. I feel like there was another situation where he was. but It will happen not. again. It had. Oh, it did yeah. not happen this episode. Well, instead, we know Myrtle comes back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, instead, we uh, start the episode with Harriet and Laura in the kitchen. She is trying to uh, fit this skirt for her, which we find out is for a party. Laura keeps wanting it shorter. Her mom asks her, are there going to be boys at this party? And she says, of course. And then Harriet rolls it down even longer and says, perfect. Drops it. Won't hem it for her at all. So uh, after the theme, we come back. Uh, continuing that same scene, Rachel comes home. She's coming into the kitchen. And uh, we find out she's had a rough little day at work where she's had to... Uh, Get rid of two waitresses. I guess one might have quit. She had to fire the other one. And uh, Laura is, or Rachel is exhausted from this whole thing. Yeah, she's been doing all the work herself. But uh, Laura says she can help. She can uh, come after school, work a couple extra shifts or something. And Harriet wants to step up and volunteer to work at uh, Rachel's place as well. Yeah, she offers to help. And and Rachel immediately is like, no, I, I don't want your help. Well, I shouldn't say immediately. There's kind of some like, no, it's okay. I'll do it. I, I, I'll be okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of this. So there's a little bit of back and forth before Rachel's like, no, I don't want your help. We don't work well together. And I'm, this is not going to end, not going to end well. She actually says that she like doesn't want to work with her sister because uh, Harriet is too abrasive and it's just, she can't handle her. I think she says pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. She's being, she's being honest. And she's Harriet's like, uh, too bad because I'm working. And she's like, all right. <laughs> I guess I can't do anything yeah. about it. I mean, Rachel's in a tough spot. She needs help. And unfortunately, th- th- she's not getting, she's, I mean, I don't know about unfortunately, but she's got to take the help whether she wants it or not. Yeah. And I mean, it's also her sister and she also lives with her too. Yeah. Only so much she can say. So uh, then we go to, uh, we find out at some point too that Harriet can go work because Carl is going to be having like a poker game at the house. And that's why Harriet's able to leave the house and work. I think that's kind of, she's got some, she's got free time. She's like, I got nothing else to do. It's not more. I think it's, it's not so much a, like, I don't need, I need to be here for Carl, but like nothing else is going on. So I've got the time to do it. The one thing I wondered here is I wonder if the Winslow family is, are like investors in Rachel's place. Like, cause I I assume they gave her money. Right. I think we probably saw a little bit of that once she first moved to Rachel's place. So I wonder how much of a, like, kind of card that that harry can pull so, and say, Look, this, thinking, this is my money so i can make some decisions i'm thinking it was like here's five grand when mm-hmm. you have five grand to give me back just give me back the money kind of thing or here's five grand and i want to be you I know i don't think it got an, i don't think it got that that crazy like an investor situation yeah i don't think so no. i think it was just like a little loan until she gets going maybe so then we go to a scene. Um, I don't know. This is probably a few days later, but uh, it's poker time. So yeah. Carl and his uh, buddies from work are all about to start a poker game in the living room. 
one of the other cops calls up and says, hey, can't make the game. Wife's going into labor. Um, sorry. So Carl's like, all right, well, you go do that. And uh, everyone's like, oh, man, we really need another player because everyone knows five is the perfect number for a poker game. Is that true? You play no, a lot. You not play at all. No. Doesn't matter, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, I don't know. I'd play with four. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. So um, they need another player. Murtaugh's like, I'll take anyone at this point. And of course. Open door, Steve Urkel. Waldo right. followed uh, Steve no, Urkel. Yeah, it's Urkel. Um, he's like, yeah, I've got some money. I'm going to go buy this accordion and uh, see you guys later. And the Murtaugh's like, no, don't go. We need that money. You're going to buy into this poker game. And Urkel's like, well, I've never played poker before. <laughs> and they're like, perfect. Sit down. Give us all your money. Buy some chips. You're in. And he's like, there's a so there's a couple things going on here that that first of all he like pulls out this wad of money that he's just walking around with. How much I was it? Was like two hundred thirty-two dollars? Like, no, I think it was like three hundred and some dollars. Um, but he wanted he thought Laura would be interested in going with him to watch him buy an accordion, which I have no idea why he would think. It does that. have pearl inlay? It does, but still. Um, also, I kind of I kind of was hoping for a little bit of a more. Uh, more of a shark version of Urkel as opposed to someone who really doesn't know how yeah. to play poker. Yeah, I but. I kind of expected that as well. So um, it's, yeah. I think uh, the words were also um, said that it's a fun, friendly game by Murtaugh. That's very important. Yeah, he does say, you know, it's just fun and it's friendly. We don't take it too seriously. So then we leave the poker game. Now we're going over to Rachel's place for a little bit where they're showing Harriet doesn't look like she's doing a great job. Like she's slow. She gets like her first tip, which is like less than a dollar. It's just change. And uh, this one couple who I guess she was waiting on, they leave. They don't look too happy. Um, and Rachel comes out. We also find out Harriet has rearranged like everything in the kitchen, like her way. And Rachel can find anything because in the J column, she's got jars Jars. and she can't find the strawberry jelly which she thought jelly was in the j but no it was in the s for strawberry and everything is just where harriet will know where it is and no one else what annoys me about this scene is that is that this is exactly what this is like literally what rachel told harriet not to do and it i I just i mean people can be oblivious i get it but this is like completely oblivious of the fact that you had an entire conversation about this specific type of like behavior. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Rachel's getting pretty upset at this point. Like she's tired of Harriet already. It hasn't even been one day. Yeah. So we then go back to the poker game. Um, We're in the middle of a hand. It's Steve's turn to bet. Um, He kind of takes forever too. He's like analyzing like what everyone has and everyone's just stands up a few times, looks at cards. Yeah. They're just like, hurry up Steve. And like, they go to the next hand. Um, Steve looks at his hand, uh, and he's all in. All in. We find out he's got a full house, tens over sevens. Uh, it would win pretty much any hand of poker. Like, yeah, it's a good hand, great hand. Murtaugh calls. What kind, of, what kind of poker are they playing? I don't you even know. know. No, it's yeah. like uh, they're getting how many cards each. It looked like they were like they had a hand of like two or three, maybe three. Well, you get some were... face down and some face up. So the ones that you get dealt face face down are the ones that you're calling the hand. So it's like it, right. it alternates. I don't know if it's like Omaha or if it's like seven card stud, but it's like I don't know. two down, three up, two down, or something like that. I don't something know. like that. But I wasn't familiar no with no community it. cards. You're just playing with whatever you have. What's your dealt? Yeah. So after Steve um, 
reveals his full house. Murgtog calls Steve's all in to to display his four of a kind. He has won this he, hand, and he is now he says, taking. I've got two pair. Oh yeah, one he's kind of a dick of, about one, it too. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, one pair of tens, another pair of tens. I forgot two pair wasn't actually even a, a poker hand. I, we were playing a poker based game the other day, and I was like, I got two pair. I can't remember if that's a poker hand or not. <laughs> Turns out it is. So yeah, he ta- he ends up taking all of Steve's money, and uh, Steve's upset. But I mean, he also thought that this was just a game that was for fun, and that he was going to get this money back. Like he was just like using the money to get as many chips as you can, and then you get it all back at the end. I don't know what he was thinking. I think Steve's no, no, a little that smarter makes than sense. No, no, I, I understand where. So Steve is not upset when he loses the money because, like you said, his impression from what Murtog said was that this was all for fun. This is a fun game we're playing for fun. Then why just not we give get, everyone five hundred dollars in chips and have to like give them actual money? Steve's smarter I, than this. I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I, I, I'm not. First of all, if I'm a kid and I sit down in a room full of adults to play poker. That's just a bad idea. A bunch of adults with uh, guns on the side of them, right? <laughs> right. But Steve gets upset when he says, you said this was for fun. And, and Murtaugh's like, no, that's not what I meant. And and Carl is like, give him the money back. He's a kid. Like, like and I understand where Steve is coming from. He just didn't understand what was going on. But you, I understand your point of the sense that you kind of read the room and read the situation and... But he's, what, a 15-year-old, 14-year-old child? Yeah, something like that. So Steve's upset because Murtaugh won't give him his money back. Murtaugh's like, I'm not giving you your money back. Carl's like, hey, you should give him his money back. And eventually, um, like, Steve's mad. Murtaugh's teasing him. And Carl decides, all right, here you go, Steve. Take your money. And he pays Steve the $323 or whatever he had out of his own pocket to uh, yeah, that give stack money of, back. That stack of bills that Carl had in his wallet was, I mean, that's some... I don't. I didn't know cops made that much. Money. I mean, he he also has like the uh, the rest of the game's money probably in his pocket too. Like I would imagine, like since he's the house, he's also the bank and his whole. But he's not giving. Money he's not end. giving bank money out of it. I he's don't know. Giving. No, it's pretty obvious that they're saying like this is Carl's money. He's paying him. With I think Carl's that's money, money from that he's making from his investment at Rachel's place. Oh, that's where you're going with this. Yeah. Okay. Um. So like, uh, whenever they make a sale, like just money just appears in Carl's pocket, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how investments would no. Like every every quarter, you know, Rachel writes him a check and he takes some of that, puts it in his wallet, takes some of it, puts it in the bank. Most of it in his wallet, though, according to uh, this pocket. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Because okay. like this isn't even in his wallet, right? This is just in his pocket. So this is overflow from No, I thought it was in a wallet. Wasn't it in a wallet? No, I guess not because it was a big old fat <laughs> stack of money. So Rachel, uh, can you pay me in ones, please? <laughs> all right so yeah carl pays steve um and steve's like all right i'm leaving i'm gonna go buy this accordion but no he does not he's like no i'm about to teach you a lesson lieutenant Murtaugh. i'm buying back into this game and uh i'm gonna take all your money this time Murtaugh's like bring it I'll, yeah. i'm happy to happy to play i'm happy to play someone who's now played four hands of poker or whatever it is so <laughs> someone i've already wiped out then we go back to Rachel's place. Um, Eddie shows up. He's there with a date. He's talking about how nice his family is and how much they love each other. And then you, uh, the date sees like two ladies in the background, which just happened to be Harriet and Rachel fighting. He's like, ah, oh, let's just go somewhere else and get some Chinese or something. So they well, because leave. the date said how much she appreciated how how nice and 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 yeah. uh, friendly and how much family was family it? yeah yeah sure yeah and um, Eddie doesn't want her, her to see that they're just all fighting right now so Rachel and Harriet are arguing uh, the cook from the back is like 
threatening to quit pretty much like he's like i'm not having this you guys don't respect me as a cook and uh you're not picking up your food so i'm gonna leave so he ends up quitting what Har- no harriet fires him harriet fires the cook yeah rachel like says that she fires him but he, no harriet does right he there quit. she says you're like, fired he had already quit at that point i, I it, it didn't make sense to me i don't know i made i i, I think it, it made sense to me harriet harriet clearly fired the cook it was one of those like I'm going to quit then. You can't quit because you're fired. One of those kind of things. I don't, that's he, not how I remember it. He was leaving either way. Um, so Rachel's not mad at Harriet because uh, the, uh, she fired the cook. fired the cook. And then as uh, she's about to fire Harriet, a baseball team of 35 people walks in. And uh, Rachel's like, all right, I need some help now. You're, you're rehired, Harriet. So right. they need to handle somehow this baseball team, even though they don't have a cook or really the help to do it. Well, but what 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 happens with the cook is Rachel sends Laura back in to like smooth things over and get yeah the they cook make back it they make it seem like in. this happens a lot with the cook like he he just like threatens he's to leave and is he's always back in all right yeah. so back to the poker game um, Urkel and Murtog are in a hand again and it's big money this time like all of the money once again all Murtog's money all Steve looks like he's now gotten the hand of this game because he has more chips than he started with he it looks like he's won. Hands from He's everyone well. on the table. He's doing well. So um, Steve goes all in, which is more yeah. money than Murtaugh has. So Steve just tries to take all the money, which is not how it would work. But I like, was going to say, have you ever played a game? like? Because I've seen this happen on in like TV and movies before where somebody goes all in and the other person can't match. So they can't pl- So they 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 lose. I guess they automatically fold. But no. I've never actually played in a game like that. It, have you ever played a game? not how it works. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Murtaugh's like, I don't have that much money. What am I going to do? All right, here, take my watch. It's worth $300. It's more than enough. And then we'll call, we'll, we'll make this hand happen. Yeah. So in theory, he's over probably the chips that he needed to be to, to call. Yeah. So he should have pulled back a hundred dollars in chips to make it. Yeah. Whatever. So Carl's trying to talk him out of it, but they do the hand. Murtaugh reveals he's got five diamonds. He's got a flush. And then Steve's like, "Well, I think what does he say? Like, all oh, I have he does two the same. Pairs he again. does the same gimmick. Yeah, he's got. I've got two pairs, two tens, and two tens. So Steve wins, takes all the money, all Murtaugh's money, and teases Murtaugh. Takes the yeah, watch. takes the watch and teases Murtaugh just like he had teased Steve in the previous hand. Right. Back to Rachel's place. Uh, the baseball team's leaving. Harriet, Rachel, and Laura are kind of like relieved. It must have been tough. Uh, they had a, a good night in the end. Um, I think they asked Laura like how much she made, and she was real excited to make like twenty eight dollars or something or thirty. I think it was like thirty. Yeah, it's like thirty five bucks. But the the point of the conversation was that Harriet made like ten cents because she was just a jerk to everybody. Yeah, and uh, there's a bunch of apologizing going on here. Harriet's apologizing to Rachel. Rachel's apologizing to Harriet. Harriet's like, oh, you do such a great job running this place. And uh, she's like, I'm so proud of you. And then they end up hugging it out, right? Yeah, everybody get, everybody gets along. Back to the poker game. Uh, Murtaugh, of course, is still upset about losing. Like, he doesn't know how Urkel beat him in his hand, how he's, he's like lost all of his money and his watch. And steve doing the right thing being the bigger man in this situation decides he's going to give Murtaugh his watch back yep that was give him the watch important. walks out the door see you later um steve then pays carl back for the money that he gave oh, him right. and yeah. uh he's like i'm gonna give up gambling forever no more buts 
before I do. One more wager, Carl. I'm going to cut the deck. Who, If I have the high card, I can come over whenever I want, which he already does anyway, so I don't know why that makes sense. He does anyway. Yeah. Carl, well, he, now he can do it no, without, without, like, you know, without it being told go away. I mean, he did that anyways. But, uh, you can still do that anyways, right? Carl's like, all right, well, what if I win? He's like, and they agree. If he wins, he's going to stay away for six months and not come over to the house. So Steve cuts the deck first, reveals he's got a three. It's not good. The only card that that Steve can beat at this point is a two. Carl cuts the deck, reveals the card to himself, importantly, so Steve doesn't and the see camera. it. And says, I got a two, and puts the cards back down, even though we, as the viewer, sees see that he actually got a jack. And he did beat Steve Urkel in this little game. But that's the thing. Carl wants Steve to come over to the house. He doesn't want him gone for six weeks. Steve wins the bet. Fair is fair, says Carl. They hug, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, it was sweet. It It was was nice. Yeah, good little uh, in-between holiday episode. Yep, it was good. Step by Step, that's up next. Season 1, episode 12. The name of the episode is The New Car. Starts off with... uh, Carol and the rest of her family uh, getting home. They're driving home, getting out, or pulling into the driveway in their car, which, I mean, I can't date what year this car is, but uh, it's smoking. It's not in good shape. and uh, A late uh, 80s station wagon. Yeah, late 80s. We'll go with that. Um, so Karen and Dana come in first, and they're talking about how embarrassing this car is. Um they're talking with JT. JT uh, the phone rings. JT runs over and gets it, hoping it's for him. You would think it's for Dana, but no, it's Norbert. This is Penny's new boyfriend, and uh, he is calling to get a hold of her. And Norbert we've seen before in, oh, the, we? in the Tug of War episode. I don't remember where he showed up, but in that whole like you know Family Games episode, he, he was in that. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Don't know where. Can't remember where, but he was there. Um, the other thing that happens here, too, that you didn't mention, and I don't even know if it comes back into play. I can't remember. We'll find out. But uh, Cody tells Dana that he's going to go see the band Ugly White Trash. And if she wants to go, or no, she doesn't actually, he doesn't actually invite her. He says, I'm going to go see this band Ugly White Trash. He's like, Oh, you're going to go see your family. Ha <laughs> ha. He says, Just want to let you know that if you miss me, you can hang out in my van. And that. I thought it was funny. Ugly white trash and Dana's. Like, Spoiler alert: family. She doesn't go hang out in the van. Spoiler alert: His family is sitting in the kitchen with him at the same time. But I mean, part of his family. Yeah, part he's of his got other family. Sure. Um. So, what did I write here? Because there's no one in the show named Carl. <laughs> no, but there's someone named Carol, and she comes Carol. in after the the phone call with between Penny and Norbert, and she is also talking about the car trouble. Her and Mark are talking about it, and Frank's like, "Look." we should just get a new car i know um, i know a guy a, i know this guy Fins, you know the guy that owns finsky motors uh we'll go down there mel finsky i'll talk to him we'll get you a new car and all of the families on board for this everyone wants her to get a new car i mean it looks like she needs a new car this isn't one of those things where she's exaggerating based on the scene that we saw she needs a new car she doesn't want to do it but she agrees all right at least i'll go have a look at finsky with you so that's where we go now. Uh, we are now at Fenske Motors. They decide Fenske to bring Motors. all of the kids for some reason to go buy no a new car. No idea why they would do that. Uh, Frank tells Carol, all right, this is how it works. I'm the man. I'm going to be the one that makes all the deals. I will talk to Fenske. We're good buds. 
you pick out a car, let me do all the dealing. And she's like, nah, I want to help. I think I can do this. You. She, she also gives him a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of grief and says like, that's pretty misogynistic. I can do this. And she kind of makes a lot of fun of him just being like old fashioned and thinking that he's, this is his job to do. So I think uh, Fenske comes over this point, right? Um, but he does. And just a just quick note, Mel Fenske played by Steve Ivanovich. He was also the MC in the Family Matters dance-off episode. Okay. I don't, I don't know if you remember that episode, yeah, yeah. but he was the the MC. So he's, you know, been on been on TJF before. Um, they talk about fishing and they have they like joke around and they've got like a little handshake and stuff and uh they then walk over to what looks like a Chevy Blazer or something like that. Yeah, some kind of SUV. And uh, Frank just gives in immediately. Like, like well, doesn't Mel even get a plays, chance. Mel plays this whole thing. He's like, yeah, this is a hot car right now. They're moving fast. If you want to get one, you need to jump on it. And, and Frank's like, we got to, I mean, if, we, if, we, if this is what we want, we got to do it. We got to do it now. And so, yeah, doesn't negotiate at all. Because she's like, well, how much is this car? And he's like, well, let's go look at the sticker. And... Uh, and then uh, I think she says, like, well, we went to this other shop and they uh, can do fifteen hundred dollars under sticker. And then right. he she he's like, whoa, can't do that. And she's like, all right, well, we're leaving. And then I don't know what she says that eventually he's like, all right, I'll do it. Is it just like, yeah, when, when I mean, she he basically, basically just keeps playing hardball. That she's oh, no, leaving. she's like, she's like, well, if you look outside right now, you've got all these cars. They aren't selling. I know that you need to sell this many cars. So. You need to do this. This is what I need. Yeah. Yep. And he's like, all right, you play a hard bargain, but uh, you can have your car. So looks like they're getting a new car. But before they leave, uh, well, Frank looks super impressed. He's like, can't believe she was able to pull this off. There's this girl, though, that's uh, important for this scene. Um, yes. Young, attractive high school girl comes up to uh, JT and is like, hey, is this your car? And he's like, which I don't understand at all. They're in a car dealership. Like, obviously this is like the showroom car and she's like is this oh, your she was car like, are you buying this car and, and no and she's like is this your car like she well, okay and then he says that he's that yes he's busy he's oh uh, yeah it's mine i'm getting it now and i'll pick it up in a couple nights or something and uh no like, well first he says yeah i'm buying it this is my car and she's like well why don't you pick me up on a date tonight and uh we can go you know we can go out in your car and he's like well it's gotta go be in the shop to get some stuff done to it uh, yeah i'm not gonna have it for a few days get a new stereo 22s in the yeah. back and she, that's what it was yeah no and she's like no car no date and he's like all right i can make it work i'll go on a date with you it's weird like no that even makes sense no this no sense at all um, and this is this is a different car than they were looking at right this isn't the same as it looks like that but yeah it i don't know it's yeah it's weird it's dumb um we go back to the house um we're in the kitchen uh, we know uh, Norbert's coming over soon. Penny's all excited. They're trying to get dinner ready. Carol's helping. Um, Frank's a little creeped out because we find out Norbert is like a mortician or something. Right? He's a mortician. And Frank is so... Obviously, Frank knows Norbert. The family knows Norbert outside of just this one episode. And Frank's like, I do not like that guy. He's he's creepy. He's he's annoying. And, and so he's not excited about dinner at all. When you say they know him outside of this episode, are we just referring to that family episode? Like the... Well, they, the way they talk about Norbert, it's clear that he's, you know, part of the community. Okay. It's not, they don't live in, it's not like they live in a big town. They live in, you know, 
what Port Washington, Wisconsin, or whatever it's called. Maybe they were like giving away a coffin for like the winning team or something at the uh, family games. Maybe I, I vaguely feel like I remember him being like there being a character, but I can't remember what he did. I feel like he was in the background eating pie or something. Possibly. So yeah, freaked out. Frank doesn't want anything to do with this Norbert guy. We skip a little later. They're finishing getting ready for dinner. Um, they go, I think like the girls go into the living room to like finish setting stuff. Frank walks out of the room. Uh, JT comes downstairs, um, who's dressed like ridiculous. Like, I guess this is what he thinks this girl wants. Cause he's got like this unbuttoned button up shirt with like co- yeah, pops so, collar. And so the best way to describe this, and I don't, I'm not exactly sure where the fashion timeline begins and ends, but this is like prime eighties, like, Hawaii five zero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he's even got like the duckbill hair done. He's got, like you said, like the the jacket, like with the open shirt and the like the matching pants. I mean, I I don't know if this was still popular in the early nineties because we were talking maybe, maybe Karen dressed him. I I doubt it because he's trying to keep this on the down low. Maybe Mark. But, maybe Mark dressed him. Maybe Mark dressed him. So yeah. He is obviously trying to go out on this date that we learned about earlier, but Dana's in the kitchen, stops him, and uh, before he's able to take the keys off of the little rack, and is like, "What's going on here?" And she's yeah. like, "What? Oh, or he? Or JT's like, uh, and then she's like, "You're gonna take the car, aren't you? You're trying she to sneak out. out and go on this yeah. and go on a date, aren't you?" But he's going to take a different car than the, the woman the girl saw him in at the dealership. So things aren't going to line up well. I guess it, it'll be a brand new car, which is all she really cares about. Right? I guess, yeah. Sure. We'll go with that. Or the intention the whole time. I, it doesn't matter. Um, she Dana's like, you know what? I'm not going to stop you. I'm going to let you go out in the state because I know there is nothing good to come out of this. Something's bad is going to happen. And that's more entertaining for me is to see the bigger problem happen rather than me just stop you than to, then go to go on the state. She's looking forward to the train wreck and I don't blame her. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, we go from that scene into the living room. Norbert's in there now, him and Penny are just like snuggling and like kissing and stuff. And, uh, Carol and Frank are just, like grossed out by Norbert, like obviously uncomfortable by the whole situation. Yeah. Um, Carol's like, Frank, come with me in the kitchen real quick. So they go in the kitchen. Uh, the two of them continue to make out and, uh, Carol wants, uh, Frank to be nice while like to Norbert. Because he's being kind of a jerk. Penny doesn't have guys often at all, which we've learned throughout the season. Like if ever, right. Right. Well, and that's what, yeah. And that's Carol's whole joke. Is that like, I don't know what she sees in him, but I know that he's the only like he's the only guy that sees something in her. So so we need to let this let this, you know, grow. But also Norbert Norbert's annoying and he does talk about his work a lot. But otherwise, like he's not a he's not a bad guy. Like we don't see him being a bad guy. He's just kind of annoying, uh, kind of obsessed with being a mortician, which, you know. Yeah. That's- so Carol just wants Frank to like let them be, let her enjoy this. Let's just see where it goes. Yeah, exactly. So then we go a little later. Um, Frank goes in the kitchen, and uh, I don't know why I wrote this. I wrote he wants to help with Norbert. 
doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? No, I don't know what you're talking about there. He's miserable. Basically, he goes back into the kitchen and oh, Alan Dane he wants there. help with Norbert. Like he wants someone to help him, like uh, just like handle like him, manage or, like, him. Man- yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Take, so, take some of the like attention away from him. Dane is in the kitchen at this point, and and she like hands one of them like a tray of coffee, sends them back into the living room with Norbert. And as yeah. they go back into the living room, that's when JT gets home, who looks very upset. We assume, which Dana asked, was there a dent? Did you scratch it? Is it crashed? And he's like, no, even worse, the car was stolen. Yeah, I don't know if that's worse than like a total situation, but... Uh, it's worse. Is it worse? Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay. So... He's freaking out. He doesn't know what to do. I mean, he's just speechless at this point. Cody comes home, and JT's like, Cody, I need your help. Begging him for help, yeah. Please find this car. Carol's car got stolen. I took it out. I parked it here, and then when I came out, it was gone. And he's like, well, don't worry. I'll find it. And then there was some stuff. Oh, yeah, like Dana's like making fun of him, like kind of in the background, because like Cody can't find anything. He even pulls out this chicken that Frank gave him from earlier in the episode out of his back pocket and says, Oh <laughs> man, I found my chicken. But also like, what's the plan here? Like, if, I mean, if Cody has a man- vehicle, right? He can drive around looking for the car. At least no one else has the, that. I guess, ability. I guess again, I guess it's a small, smaller town, but like, if you came to me and said, Hey, I, I was at, mcdonald's and my car is stolen let's go look for it i'd be like look for it where steve like where, where like where do you want to where do you start where do you want to where do you want to look for your car i just call the police let them do it I, so let me give you a little personal story okay not a okay. stolen car but uh a car ran into a parked vehicle across the street from me um sure. and the guy was like asking for help and i was like well this is what I can do. I'll drive around to all of the areas around here and see if I can find a car with a dent in it. I did that for him. Did you find the car? No, but I yeah. I tried to help. You you were nice to offer your to offer him some That's comfort what Cody's that somebody doing. was helping. Cody's like, I'm gonna go drive around. I'll drive around my vehicle and see if I see this brand new vehicle. It'll be easy to find. Yeah, I just I, I think I think we need to. I'm just trying to manage expectations. Let me let me here, let me step back a little bit though. Not find this brand new vehicle. Find Carol's car. That's the important part. That's 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 true. I'm just trying to, like I said, manage expectations here. They're probably not going to find it. We'll see what happens. No, um, no. But Dana loves this whole situation. Loves that Cody's sure. the one that's going to be helping out JT. Eating it up. Um, we then go back to, I guess, the living room. This dinner date is still going on. Still going on, yep. Carol is now just tired of Norbert, too, because, like, of everything he's saying. Like, all these, like, just, like, I think he's talking about, like, liver and organs and stuff. And she's she's done. And uh, Carol's like, all right, I'm going to try to get these guys out of here. Oh, I'm so sick. I got to go upstairs. And uh, sorry, guys. It's going to be an early night tonight. And uh, she tries to get Norbert to leave. But JT comes into the room with Dana and JT reveals to his dad that he uh, he drove the car, and before he's able to say, well, Dana Dana puts him in a in in a really tough spot because Dana's like, "Hey Norbert, before you go, you should see Mom's new car," and that's when <laughs> JT, which is you know not a nice thing to do, and he's whatever. not like he's not like Carol, I drove your car. He's like, Dad, I drove Carol's car. Like he didn't even <laughs> want to talk to Carol. 
<laughs> I didn't even notice that, but that's a really good point. That's a that's a really good observation. And then he and then he's gonna like say the rest, like what happened. But as he's trying to like say what happened, J.R. Cody comes in, and he's like, "Hey, Carol, uh, you really should be careful where you park your car in the driveway. I almost hit it." And then she's like, "Well, what's my car doing in the driveway?" <laughs> And JT's like, uh, uh, that's what I was going to say. I drove it to the driveway so I could wash it for you. And uh, somehow JT has gotten out of this mess. Dana is defeated. Dana's like, how did this happen? Momentarily, momentarily, he has gotten out of this mess. Yep. So Norbert does want to see that car still. So they go to the uh, backyard to uh, go check it out. Um, they're all going back there, the whole family. And when they get outside, in the driveway is not Carol's new car, but the old car that Carol had just sold. That is what Cody brought back. This is good. This is like I I didn't remember this episode, so all of this was kind of I was learning as the audience learned, and I really enjoyed the way that they the way that they played the storyline because yeah. I, I it, it was very non. Or at least to me, it was new. It was novel to this idea of like the kid taking the car and something bad happening. So JT then tells him what actually happened, that he took the car, he went on a date, went to the burger place, car got stolen, and that's when, uh, well, first Carol gets mad because she knows that Dana knew this whole time that he was going to, that he took this right. car and didn't say anything. So, right. so Dana's in trouble. Carol takes her inside to give her her punishment or whatever, and that's when we get the reveal. Uh, Frank sits down with JT and tells him why he was wrong, and then tells him, uh, I think this is the right order that this happens in, and tells him that he actually is the one that took the car. He saw the car at the burger place, <laughs> wanted to teach JT a lesson, brought it home, or brought it somewhere, I guess. I guess he didn't bring it home. But he parked it in the garage. You know, he says oh. he parked it in the garage, which I need to know. I need to know the logistics of how this works. How was he out in a car, saw a car, Drove that car home and returned. Like, there's a lot. Cody of... did the exact same thing too, though. Like, that's Cody true. was driving his that's van, true. drove home this yeah. other car, left the van at the at the used car dealership. Like, after he like just stole when, a car from the dealership. I like when Cody like realizes he stole a car. But I need logistics. I need I need more. I need this fleshed out a little bit more because right now it just sounds like there's a lot of walking that couldn't have happened in the time that was that was allotted. Hey, small town, like you said, right? And it's a small town. You're right. It's like three blocks. Why even, why even drive? Why even get a car? So, because um, the girls want cars to go on dates. That's why. That's fair. That's fair. So, um, punishment time. Uh, Frank tells JT that he's going to have to wash the car for six months every Saturday night. And uh, JT's like, oh, it's date night. And then, like, uh, then Frank continues and, like, pretty much has, like, a punishment for him, like, every day of the week for the next six months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's the end of the episode. That's it. I, like I said, I liked how they took this because I thought it was it was different than most of these. Not the line of, that you would expect to happen. Right. Like they don't crash the car into the house. Unlike like every, this next like episode. Family Matters and Full House is done. And it's just, it's not as predictable, which I enjoyed. Unlike the next car episode we're going to talk about, which is very predictable in my opinion. You think so? I, I also was a little, I thought, I don't think it was that predictable. Perfect but. Strangers, Season 7, Episode 11. The name of the episode is Cartoons, our second car episode in a row. But nothing to do with cartoons, which was disappointing given the last episode they got new jobs as people who draw cartoons. Maybe they're trying to throw us off. It works, I guess. It works. For one of us. It works for me. Yeah. All right. So theme song. We come back. Uh, the gang's eating breakfast. Larry comes in 
and says, uh, well, I'm going to take the long way to work today. We find out he bought a new car stereo and he just wants to listen to all these cassette tapes that he has and uh, is really excited about his new car stereo. He likes the stereo. Yep. Um, Balky grabs his lunch. He's going to head out with Larry. And then uh, Marianne's like demanding a kiss from him on the way out. And uh, Balky's kind of weird about it. Like uh, she says something. Go ahead. The relationship dynamic between them during this whole episode is strange because it goes like all over the place, like very back and forth. Yeah, she's like, she says, that's what the 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 guy I marry can expect, like uh, in the future after they end up kissing. And then he's like, well, uh, hope he enjoys it or something like <laughs> something stupid. Yeah. Um. Then uh, we also find out. Oh, yeah. Larry comes back inside, right? He does. This is where he comes back from his car and we find out for the first time that his radio was stolen and this is the second time his radio has been stolen in two weeks. Yeah, and Jennifer's like, all right, maybe it's time for you to get a car alarm. That's what you need. Yes. Do you remember car alarms being a really big thing? Like I do, and I've never... I mean, I don't know of any successful car alarm like Stops. <laughs> yeah, I just remember this kind of what happened in this episode where it just annoys people. Do you remember Viper car alarms? I do. I remember Viper. Do you remember the the club? Viper armed. Viper disarmed. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember, I remember the, the club, club that was really yeah. popular in the nineties? Yeah. yeah. I mean, did you have or your family have a uh, a stereo with a removable faceplate or like that pulls out? <laughs> I want to say that I did have a stereo installed, a CD player stereo installed in my car when I was in high school. And you could remove the faceplate, but also I didn't live. I mean, you know, I lived in Virginia Beach in a in a place where like stereos were not getting stolen out of cars. So like, I don't think I ever took the face off the. We had stereo both. Once. We had stereo that you took the entire stereo with you, like it slid out. And yeah. then we also had ones with where you just would remove the faceplate because I guess they're worthless think, if you don't have a faceplate on them. Yeah, think how wild that is. We live in a we live in a world where people like you have to have stereos that you t- you remove from your car because other people but not really it. anymore it was back not then. In, i guess not anymore i don't know I, no I one no one's stealing no one has stereos in their car anymore everyone's just stealing catalytic converters <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> car alarm <laughs> stereo talk it's done for this episode we then go to another day well it's not done it's not it's done for real life uh comparisons but it's not done for this episode because that's all this episode is about uh the next uh day that we go to we go, uh, it's nighttime, the car alarm is going off, Larry of runs downstairs, grabs a bat out of the closet, and is ready to beat this robber to a bloody <laughs> pulp for stealing a stereo. Everyone's awake in the house, and we find out it was just a false alarm once again. And it's important to note, too, here, that Jennifer is wearing a nightgown that says, not tonight. Oh, I didn't even catch Did that. Did you not see that? That's whole, no. like, the whole joke at the end. That's the whole point of the joke at the very end of the episode. But she's wearing a nightgown that says, not tonight. <laughs> I, I catch the ending part, but I didn't catch the part. So, I was like, are you kidding me? So she's like, uh, Larry's like, oh, I must have the alarm just set too sensitive. So he thinks that he can uh, restart it and uh, make it work. But Balky's like, well, maybe we should join the neighborhood watch instead. Like, maybe that's what we should do to make sure these robbers aren't going up and down the street stealing our car stereos. But uh, Larry's like, no. I actually think I know who it is. I'm pretty sure Mr. Finley is the one that's stealing my car alarm. Yeah, and he's like, they know when we come and go. They know that I got a new radio and I've had problems with Mr. Finley because because he went out and he got, what did he say? He went out and got the newspaper once in his underwear and that and they called, called the, the police. cops on him. And then yeah. Balky's like, that was me that called the police. I, thought, I thought you were an alien <laughs> the way the, the lights were shining on you. 
<laughs> so as they're talking about Mr. Finley, the alarm goes off once again. Larry goes out to reset it, and Balgi tells Marianne about um, he tells a story about the Steelers and liars on Meepos. Yeah, and this is a very dated joke, but yeah, it's, yeah I didn't get it at first. I had to look it up. Okay, do you want to do you want to no, tell you us tell, what you, you found? Tell. Oh no, I'll tell you what I thought, and then I'll tell you what I found. Sure. Okay. So. Um, on Meepos, they also call the Steelers and Liars the SNL gang. That's their nickname. And then I was like, oh, let me look up what happened with uh, Perfect Strangers and SNL. They must have been stealing jokes from Perfect Strangers. And it must oh, have been you a thought big deal. SNL like Saturday Night Live. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I look it up. Don't find anything. I did find right. out that Balky did host Saturday Night Live. So I was like, in, 1980- oh, cool. in 1987. And mm, well, like uh, the beginning of Public Strangers. I was like, all right, maybe that's not what they were going for. And then uh, I do find out the actual joke is talking about the uh, savings and loan groups that all went out of business in this uh, right. in this time. Yeah, that's the joke here. It's, it's uh, they're referencing savings and loans. Not not Saturday Night Live stealing jokes. No, that's <laughs> funny though. All right, so Larry comes back in. Um, once again, his car stereo has been stolen. Yes. So, so this is three times in two weeks, and it's getting pretty expensive, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much a car stereo was back then. I'm sure like they kind of- Like 200 bucks, what, right? Yeah. I mean, they probably were all over the place, but I would assume that. Um, yeah. We then go to a scene with uh, Larry outside with Balky. Um, Larry's telling Balky that they've got this plan. They've got rope in their hand. They've got a bullhorn, and uh, they're going to catch Mr. Finley, the thief, in the act- tie him up with a rope, call the cops, and uh, it will all be taken care of. They're going to hide in the trunk, prop it open a little bit, and jump out. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to I wanted to make sure we got that in there. The, the plan is to hide in the trunk with it slightly propped open to catch the thief. Mm-hmm. So they start getting in the trunk. Larry puts Balky in the trunk. Uh, Larry gets in the trunk. And then uh, we get, I mean, kind of a cool shot where we're now, the, the rest of the episode, I guess, is filmed from the inside of this trunk. Right. Um, so yeah, they're just hoping to catch the Steve in the act. Um, Larry, I wrote Larry wants Balky to go back inside. Oh, cause is he like tired of Balky already? Is that what's yeah, going on? Yeah, there's a, there's just a lot of chatter between the two of them during this whole in the trunk scene. And, and Larry's like, just go, you know, I'll take care of it. Go inside. Uh, and then they hear some noises and, and Larry thinks it's Mr. Finsky or whoever the thieves are coming. So he, he says, get ready, get ready. It's time to, it's time to catch these, these guys. So Balky reaches up, closes the trunk, which uh, was the wrong thing to do because now they are what? locked inside of this trunk. They are locked inside. It made no sense. When, is this much later when they started putting like the anti-abduction cords in trunks that you can just open I imagine, it from the inside? Yeah, because that's what I thought of too. It did look like there were some spaces where there might have been the intent to have anti, like the open from the inside latches, but I don't know when they started adding those to cars. So um, they shut the trunk. They're locked inside. Um, Balky's immediate reaction is that... Uh, they're going to lose all their oxygen and uh, they're not going to be able to breathe because he saw it happen on Star Trek. And then we get a bunch of uh, of Balky Star Trek impressions, which are pretty good. And I looked up, I tried to see if there was an episode that matches what he was referencing. And I did find in the episode that I think he was oh, yeah. talking about. It's called Day of the Dove back uh, back from the original Star Trek run. Obviously, we knew that from who he was referencing in the, in the clip. But uh, it does appear that that is the actual episode that he's referencing. So this noise that they heard outside, it appears that it is actually thieves stealing the car they uh they hear start them the car. get into the car start the car and then drive away with them inside of the trunk locked in there yep 
That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we skip a little later. It's about 10 minutes later. Um, Larry mentions that they've been driving about 10 minutes, and uh, he's pretty sure that they had just stopped for burgers because uh, he's kind of mapped it out in his head, and Balky's like, yeah, it actually smells like the burger place. And Larry suggests at this point they need to try to escape this trunk because well, it seems Larry like, also thinks that they're in the middle of nowhere. Larry doesn't. Larry thinks yeah, that he's like, here's the tire the screech, and he's like, oh, I know that, I know that turn. Oh, I know that yeah. turn. I think they're going and, into the woods. They're going to drop right. off the car. They're going to strip everything they want off it, and then they're going to leave us in the woods to die. And we, but we see shots of the car still driving around the city. Yeah. So, so he's definitely a little off on his uh, internal GPS. Yes. Um, so. They're going to try to get out of here now. Larry's like, Balky, find the uh, Jack. And there's a dumb joke about Balky. Like, oh, I thought there was a guy named Jack in his car. And like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for this guy. And uh, he's like, no, the thing that we use to change the tire. So he gets the Jack, puts it up in the trunk, starts cranking it up. It looks like it's going to work. But no, it just punches a hole through the top of the trunk. So now, even if they do get back to this car, Larry now has a hole in his trunk. <laughs> this is awful. Um, Balky, there's also a joke here where... where, where uh, Balky, or Larry says, Balky, you have no idea what you're talking about. You've never had to get out of a trunk before. And Balky's like, well, how many trunks have you gotten out of before? And he's like, four. Yeah. Um. So I think we then go to Balky playing with like the box that's in the back of the trunk, right? Right. Yep. So there's yep, a yep. box that's just like floating around the back of the trunk. Um, Balky pulls something out of it and accidentally auto inflates a blow up doll that Larry has in the back of the trunk, which he says is used to put in the front seat so he can ride in the uh, carpool lane. 100% believe that. That's the first thing I that came to mind when, yeah, yeah. when I saw it happen. It sounds like a very Larry thing to do. 100%. Um, then the car stops. The doors open. We hear these people walking towards the back of the trunk. Larry and Balky think they're going to die. These robbers are going to kill them. The trunk opens up, and it is jennifer and marianne it's the ladies now here's my question is did they know that what the plan was did they know that larry and balky were in the truck i'm saying no i don't know i don't think they did yeah i mean okay so let's just pretend like we're jennifer and marianne like marianne i'm hungry you want to go get some burgers and then uh she's like yeah let's go where's larry and balky would be the next thing you say right (laughs) Well, probably, yeah, if you're thinking about You think they might want a burger? You think they might want to come along? Uh, they're yeah. probably still out there messing with that car that we're going to go take and drive away right now. Yeah. Like, or the other option is this. Hey, Marianne, uh, Larry and Balky are in the trunk of the car doing something stupid. Let's go mess with them and, and steal the car or take the car and just drive and get some burgers. And that's what they do. Or it's, uh, hey, Marianne, you want to go get some burgers? I'm sure Larry and Balky are asleep upstairs. <laughs> Maybe. What time do you think this is? Is it not middle of the night? It's got to be the evening. I don't know about middle of the night, but it's got to be like nine, eight, nine, ten o'clock, right? There's like, zero cars on the road that we see from all the shots. Zero. That's that's true, but I don't know. Yeah, it might be later. It might be later. Maybe Marianne and, and Jennifer were just sitting on the uh, sitting on the couch smoking weed and just needing to go get some some burgers. Anyways, like one o'clock in the morning. Jennifer and Marianne were the ones that were driving the car the whole time. They're not robbers. They show a pretty funny shot with. Uh, Larry Balky and the blow up doll in the uh, back of the trunk. <laughs> they and, both try to pawn it off on each other. <laughs> and that's kind of the end. We go back to the house. Um, okay. We find out Jennifer got a little gift for Larry. He opens it up. It's one of those pull out radios that we talked about earlier. And uh, the f- we also find out that the four of them have now signed up for Neighborhood Watch, I think. 
I, Balky, it sounds like Balky signed all four of them up for Neighborhood Watch. Um, and then Jennifer suggests, all right, we can call it an early night tonight. And then Larry, she reveals to Larry tonight's the night shirt that we mentioned earlier what, what did it, it say earlier the, not the night not the night uh, tonight's this the night. or like tonight's not yeah so uh, larry's excited of course runs upstairs with jennifer um and balky then uh pulls out the bullhorn which he's very excited to use because we didn't mention earlier but larry would not let him use it earlier um right so now he's got this bullhorn because they went upstairs and uh he goes to use it. It doesn't work. And Larry, I think, yells well, downstairs that he took out the batteries. No, no. Well, there's no? a couple things here that you missed. So Balky, Balky's like, you can't, you can't run upstairs tonight because we have our first, we have our first patrol. So we have to, you have to come and do patrol. He's like, I got the bullhorn, and Larry's still on the stairs and says, you might have the bullhorn, but I have the batteries. Uh-huh. Um, there's also a little, a fun little. Does he get comment. to go upstairs with her or no? No, no. They got to go do patrol. Oh, um, there's also Larry. Our Marianne and um, Balky are having a. It's not, they're watching a movie, and they imply that it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And they ask who the, they ask Larry who he thinks the most sensitive Ninja Turtle is. Oh yeah, and Larry says Donatello. Um, it's probably Mary, right. Mary, no, it's definitely Raphael. Raphael. Uh, Raphael's the most sensitive. I put Absolutely. him in, put him in like third. No, the hundred percent. Donatello, Leonardo, Raphael, Michelangelo is my order. Raphael, Raphael's the one that runs away all the time and goes crying on by himself on top of buildings until he gets his ass. Excuse me, until he gets beat up by the foot. He is. Does he cry in the bathtub too? One scene. Who was that? That was in the bathtub, like crying. It might. That, I don't remember. That, no, I think. I think you might be thinking of when either Leonardo or Donatello got got jumped and and had to. Like they had to kind of like nurse him back to health, but Raphael, one hundred percent. If you're talking the most sensitive Ninja Turtle, hundred percent, it's Raphael. Are we talking movies, he, comics, cartoon, all combined? All, all, ever. Period. He is the most sensitive. He is also the like the guy who's like, I'm tough. I'm not going to do. It. I'm, I'm. I don't need any of this. And then he goes and he runs away and he cries by himself. Hundred um, percent. Right, I'll give it to you. So, uh, but yeah, that's it. That's, that's in the episode. You want to rank them? You didn't. You didn't like this episode, did you? Well, because the, I knew the ending like immediately. You knew it was going to be the the women yeah, in the car. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, see, I, I didn't. I didn't. I was, I was a little bit surprised by that. All but right, yeah, we can. Uh, rank you go first. Uh, okay, so number three, I'm gonna do. Uh, I think uh, Perfect Strangers. I'll go first. Number two, Family Matters, and number one, Step by Step. Yeah, I got the same ranks. Okay. Um. What do we got coming up next week? Regular show? All right. We're definitely going to watch the dinosaurs next week because we only have two episodes. So uh, reruns on half the shows. How many dinosaurs? Brand, one, one episode of dinosaurs. Okay. Um, I'll give you that. So Step by Step, season one, episode 13. Baby Talk, season two, episode 11. Males I'm not here, sure what so. <laughs> the males there. I'm not sure what dinosaurs off the top of my head, so we'll have to figure that out. What baby talk did you say it was? Season, season two, two episode, episode eleven. Eleven. Okay. Yep. And step by step season one, episode thirteen. So Family Matters, Perfect Strangers, both on reruns next week. Uh we'll do those two episodes and dinosaurs. All right. Sounds good. And that's week one seventeen, right? One seventeen. Uh make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIF cast. Um you can like subscribe. Yeah, do the YouTube stuff, uh, send us emails, and uh, thanks once again to, uh, I'm going to make sure I get this name right. Kiz. It's the uh, the Real Young Kiz for the uh, theme song this week. Thank you, Real Young Kiz. Um, I think that's everything. 
Yeah, I don't have. Uh, I don't think I have anything else either. Um, I think so I'm gonna I go back just... and watch uh, this Tuesday in Texas from 1991. Now, <laughs> yeah, are you gonna watch? Do you need to watch all of the the whole those series matches that lead up to it? Yeah, I don't think I need to watch Mania, but at least Survivor Series and this Tuesday. Well, at least the matches. Like you don't need to watch the whole. I don't like, think I need to watch games. Mania because Mania Hogan just beat Sergeant Slaughter. I, I think the depends. important part is Undertaker beating Hogan and then Hogan beating Undertaker. Sure, fair enough. I'm gonna watch those. All right. Well, have a good week, Steve. You got to do. It is Friday night. I did my dish right. Let's have a nice time. Gonna have some fun. Show you how it's done. T-G-I-F. It is Friday night. I did my dish right. Let's have a nice time. Gonna have some fun. Show you how it's done. T-G-I-F. It is Friday night. I did my dish right. Let's have a nice time. Gonna have some fun. Show you how you done. TGI. TBA Podcast.